In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm a human with skin, and I'm Evan. I'm a Z. I'm a. I'm a. Ah, oh, messed it up. <laughs> if was... you can tell by those introductions, <laughs> Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. I'm a we drama cur- club Zima party. <laughs> oh, there you go, Ronnie. We are currently covering Netflix's. Uh, fuck. Uh. The 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 Netflixes um everything sucks yeah there it is I was like I need to get the fucking network streaming service right because I respect this show and really enjoy it so I'm not gonna right. do my bit where I get it wrong and then I just fucked up the name anyway we currently watch we we're currently covering episodes three four and five but before we get into that I have a bit for us. What's the bit? I'm prepared to consume the bit. So, this show has me thinking back to uh, high school and dating and uh, the awkwardness that is just dating in general, which, uh, you know, I've been in a committed relationship for five years. And some change, yeah. Yeah, five years and some change now, so I haven't been, like, on the dating scene in a while. Uh, but I just thought it'd be fun if we talked about our worst dates, or our most awkward dates. <laughs> so I'll go first. <laughs> oh, which one? I'm very excited. I didn't, I didn't date a lot. But the ratio of awkward bad dates to dates is way higher than it ought to be. Um, so I I was in theater. This is this ties in. I was in theater, um, and I was in uh, the musical Rent um, in 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 high school. Um, a girl from another school. Uh, found me through like a mutual friend on AIM and mm, said, I remember like, the AIM days. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, was, was just saying, Hey, are you this guy? I said, yes, I'm that guy said, I saw you in rent, really enjoyed it. Thought that you were super cute. So I wanted to like reach out. This does not happen. This is this no, did not happen. That's never happened in human history. This, this, this does not happen. Also, when you see a man in rent and you're a heterosexual woman, <laughs> like really, that's that's was, your first thought. I'm gonna date I, that man who is in a production of rent. I was I was homeless, man. I had so many layers. It's not even like I was in like some kind of leather thing. Um I do just wanna say though, like bold opener. Gotta respect that. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. Got my attention, had my interest and also my interest. Um, so we they they worked at a at a a, a roller rink in town, and so we just decided, hey, I'll, I'll come uh, on your break, and uh, I'll I'll uh, meet you. And I get there, and I I don't like to be judgy, 
And it wasn't it wasn't about this person's looks. This person just looked about six or seven years younger than what they claimed to have been. Oh, and no. I didn't know this person. Apparently, in retrospect, they, they just looked young. But I was just kind of like. All I could say was like, are you how old are you? Keep in mind, this was not like I was like some like 18 year old. Like I had my mom drive me to the roller rink in her in her minivan and then had to call my mom to come pick me up again from the roller rink when I said, I am just not comfortable in this situation. Uh, Yeah, I just how old are you? And she said the age that she claimed to be. And I said, huh, I don't know if I believe you. And she got really annoyed and, and walked away. And then I had to call all my friends who could drive none of them could come pick me up so i had to have my mom come and tell her that the friends that i was hanging out with wink uh had escaped into the woods and were doing uh were doing uh, naughty teen things and i didn't want to be a part of it so could you come pick me up mom oh wow um, good cover <laughs> oh yeah um that that girl i was about some... to go get my keys running i was about to come get you i believed i believed <laughs> I appreciate you it. I appreciate on this it. podcast uh, that girl had some choice words for me over AIM the next day. <laughs> uh, yeah. and I never spoke to her again. There you go. <laughs> so that was, it was, that's, that's maybe not a date, but it could have been a date. No, that's I, very good. If I would have, uh, I don't know. It just, I, I'm, I'm not mad with how it turned out, but it was just a real strange experience for Ronnie's first time meeting IRL, someone that he had been talking to online for quite a bit. I uh I haven't been on a lot of dates either, but my very first date ever was like not good. So I'll just I'll just share that one. Uh first of all, the the first guy I dated, uh this was in high school. We had nothing really in common except that like we were both in drama club. Like he was from like a military family. And was like very conservative and just like we didn't we didn't have a lot of interests in common. So I just had low self-esteem and was like, ah, this person's willing to date me. That that's good for me. That's good. All right, okay. Um, so my mom drove me to the CC's pizza. Oh wow. <laughs> Bear in mind, I was I was 15 years old. So sure. My mom drove me to the CC's Pizza. Uh, I do not like pizza. I've never liked pizza. Uh, I don't remember what I ate. It, it was not good, but I, I like... You already I said no- CC's Pizza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to double down on it. It wasn't um, good. Yeah, and then my mom drove us to... Uh, so the, the Lexington Park movie theater is famously terrible. There's actually a famous director who has told he he grew up in like the same town I grew up in and he has shared several anecdotes in interviews about how disgusting and shitty his hometown movie theater was. That's the very movie theater that we went to and we saw Tim Burton's Corpse Bride, which was a very bad mm. movie. Mm. And um then I dated that guy for like a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to pick them. 
I had very low self-esteem at the time. Uh, he broke up with me also, which, I mean, in retrospect, thank God he did, uh, because I became so much better without him. But yeah, th- it was a bad first date, and it was just generally not a very good relationship. Not like, you know, awful or anything. He wasn't like abusive or manipulative or anything like that you just we we just didn't have anything in common and i really don't know why either of us were dating the other one but you're you're like that when you're a teenager sometimes sure still figuring your shit out andy i'm sure you have a doozy of a story which is why you prompted this this bit so please go ahead so i was gonna tell a different story and then over the course of this i have remembered a worse date (laughs) um So I need to preface this story by saying I'm I'm not like a super cool person or anything. But going to Liberty University, I had a leg up on the dating scene because I had gone to public school. And mm. I knew how to like talk to people and like communicate feelings. You had interacted with like regular humans. Yeah, point. yeah. Uh, our drama club had a co-ed changing room. Like, I, I like, yeah, I, I, I was, I was aware. I was socially aware. Uh, so I dated a ton in college, uh, went on a lot of dates, uh, I, and I'm quite good at dating. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm charming. So I was going to say, you definitely would be very good at dating. Senior year ish. It might've been junior year, but junior, senior year ish. So like, I'm very established on my dorm. I'm like a president of a club. Um, one of the guys in my dorm, Joe, comes up to me and he's like, yo, Randolph, I need a favor. I'm like, yeah, like, what's up, Joe? And he's like, look, 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 look. I told my girlfriend that we were going to go on a double date with you. And I was like, oh, like, cool. Yeah, that sounds fun. Like, let me, like, call up, uh, like, like one of my friends and, like, we'll have a good time. And he's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand, like. She's already got a date for you. And I was like, wait, what? Is this like a blind date thing? And he was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, dude, no, like, I'm not fucking doing that. Like, get get someone else. Uh, like, I'm good. And he's like, no, 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 it's got to be you. It, like, it specifically has got to be you. And I was like, that's real weird. Why? <laughs> uh, turns out a girl in her prayer group on her dorm was obsessed with my Tumblr. And had found out that her boyfriend was on my same dorm and had kind of orchestrated this whole thing to get to me. And so I go on the state and it's at the rot, which is just the cafeteria. The cafeteria at Liberty University is called the rot. Um, why? Why is it? That's just that? what the students call it. Uh, it's it, it was the it was like an abbreviation of the name, but everyone just calls it the rot. Um, and the entire time I'm trying to talk to her, she's just staring at her knees. She did not make eye contact with me once. Um, and like, I'm trying to be, you know, like a conversationalist. I'm trying to make Joe look good because, like, let's be honest, like, I, I, I'm i here for Joe. I'm not here for this rando girl or Joe's girlfriend. But, like, I'm trying to, like, talk Joe up. And, like, this girl's just not, like, 
responding to me at all. And Joe's girlfriend and I are like talking more than anyone else. And like Joe's girlfriend is trying to like bring her into the conversation and like, she's just shutting it down. Um, but it was remarkably awkward. Maybe, maybe we can, uh, we could stay after the pod a little bit. And, and if, if y'all have more stories, cause I have one or two more that we could make a fun bonus episode <laughs> out of and we'll, and we'll, we'll put that right on, uh, the, uh, the Patreon coming to you soon. Um, but we'll, 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 we'll go ahead and move on to the episode, uh, for, for oh, now. Ronnie, you you gotta cut my second one out then, and you gotta you gotta splice it into the secret content. I think I will. I think I will. Yeah. Secret um, secret content. Secret Patreon. Secret content. content. This is a Patreon uh commercial for our Patreon. All right, let's yep. move on now. It'll only be two dollars. It's it's not officially set up or launched <laughs> yet, but it'll only be two dollars to hear about that that good good dating content. Okay, let's talk about this show. This show is great. This shit, I showed my hand. <laughs> oh no, you were Andy. being so stealthy to this point. We had no idea how you felt about this show. So we watched episodes three and four and five. Episode three is called All That in a Bag of Chips. Luke and Kate, they're in AV Club, and they're also, I think, doubling as like lighting crew temporarily or something like that because they're in the the auditorium watching the the drama club kids do their thing and luke tries to kiss kate and she panics and she pulls the fire alarm and it sets the sprinklers off and it ruins all the sets for the play and um the drama club is deeply upset very dramatic about it the the principal launches a, a sort of internal investigation luke claims to have done it to cover for Kate and Emmeline, the terrible drama club girl who we've met before, says some bad words in the cafeteria mocking him and uh, she gets detention and Luke gets detention and Emmeline blames Luke for this whole situation for the, the shit getting destroyed and for her getting detention and so she makes it her mission to make Luke's life miserable. <laughs> Meanwhile. The principal calls Luke's mom and she comes into the office and they like hit it off and start flirting and he asks her out. Episode four is called Romeo and Juliet in space. So Emmeline and her boyfriend slash not boyfriend, maybe boyfriend. I think Oliver is his name. Oliver indeed. Mm, Okay. They're like prank calling Luke. And, like, just harassing him because, you know, that was 1996's version of cyberbullying. They're, like, harassing Luke all the time and his friends come over and they're like, man, we got to do something about this. What are we going to do? They get a six pack of Zima and they go to the school where the drama club hangs out after hours, I guess, to, like, make some kind of a peace offering. Uh, but they go in there and the drama kids are like, I think smoking pot. It's not clear if it's meant to be like pot or cigarettes or, or whatever. Clove um, cigarettes, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but they, they, yeah, go to the like back room attached to the auditorium where the drama kids are hanging out and they're like, like they go in sneakily and they aren't actually sure if they're going to confront them. But then like 
the drama kids catch them and torment them a little bit and like put makeup on them and just just humiliate them generally and i forget whose idea it was but uh either luke or kate says hey you're not going to be able to have this play now because your sets are ruined and that's our fault but uh we can make a movie we're the av club we got all this movie shit why don't we make a movie together and you guys star in it and that'll be way cooler than your your play that you were going to do anyway and you'll be you know locally famous for this cool movie that we're going to do it takes some convincing but they convince the drama kids that this is going to be dope uh and then the drama kids fold them into their social group they're still not like actually in the social group they're still kind of like doing that thing that young people do where like they continue to torment you to like test you you know so they've they've folded the ab kids into their group they make them play spin the bottle and they like get them drunk the the thing with the spin the bottle is you have to go in the closet and make out if you get the if you do the thing if you get the bottle landed on somebody so um luke and kate end up in the closet and they kiss once and kate's like i think i'm a lesbian presumably they don't get in trouble for like getting drunk in the auditorium or anything i guess 1996 (laughs) was a different time and nobody caught them um but anyway it wasn't during school hours well sure but they were like (laughs) i don't know exactly how old the drama kids are but they can't be older than like 16 or 17 17 probably our tech uh the head of our tech crew had like keys and stuff and like they'd go there after hours and like play video games so oh um and luke's mom and kate's dad go on a date to an italian restaurant kate's Called dad the crouton factory yeah <laughs> kate's dad keeps saying phrases in italian which is just like absolutely murder me with secondhand embarrassment i knew it was supposed to be cringy uh and then in a sort of uh spate of childish glee they uh her name is sherry luke's mom sherry and ken ken sherry and ken uh they tp someone's house it's like ken's ex or something they go and tp her house and they very cute they they bond Episode five is called What the Hell's a Zarginda? Zarginda? Um, this is like the aliens that they made up for their... They, they pitched the movie. Like, they pitched the, uh, the outline of the movie to the drama kids uh, to convince them that it was going to be a, a good idea. And the whole pitch was like, it's going to be uh, like Romeo and Juliet, but in space with aliens. Um, very ambitious on the sort of shoestring budget they're working on, I'm sure. But Luke and Kate go to the library. They find a book with a, a are you gay test in it. I assume this is the regular public library and not like the school library. I can't imagine they had a human sexuality section in the, you know, high school library. But um, they stumble their way through this test, which has questions on it like, if you were invited to an orgy, would the gender of the participants be your primary deciding factor in whether or not to participate in the orgy? Uh, and the the conclusion they come to is that Kate's probably a lesbian, 
probably probably a lesbian, but she should keep dating Luke anyway. Luke's like, you should keep dating me anyway, because, you know, it's a good smokescreen, and I'm totally not, like, desperately in love with you and hoping that you'll change your mind about being a lesbian or whatever, but um, we should just keep dating so that everyone will think you're straight, and then the benefit I get out of this is that I get to keep dating you. Um, so, uh, they hold auditions for their Romeo and Juliet in space movie. And of course, Emmeline and Oliver get the lead roles. They, they refuse to audition. They just get them. Kate and Emmeline go like costume shopping. And it's very, very clear that in spite of Emmeline being like kind of a terrible person, Kate is very attracted to her. So they have this, like, girl bonding thing that Emmeline sees as, like, oh, this poor, sad, like, loser in jeans. I'm going to take her shopping and, like, get her cool grown-up clothes. And meanwhile, Kate is just, like, hot, hot girl, girl hot. <laughs> um, and then Ken invites Luke over to his house. To, for dinner it's because he knows that him and Kate are dating and he like wants to get to know him. Luke comes to the realization that he's like totally definitely in love with Kate and it's a problem. And uh, Ken comes to the realization that he's really very into Luke's mom. All of which happen within days, <laughs> like within yeah. days of like, like either promising not to fall in love or having just met this person. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Excellent episodes. My hand is shown. Uh, Andy, uh, these three episodes of uh, uh, Everything Sucks on Netflix. It happened to you too. It happened to me too. I couldn't think of it. Uh, yes. I always want to call it You're the Worst, but that's a totally different show. Um, Everything sucks. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. It worked. Very That's good. all I have to but say for now. Evan. Yes, Ronnie. This, this show. There's three episodes that we watched and it's called Everything Sucks and it's on Netflix. And how did you like it? I liked it a lot. It's good. It's working. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, you, Are you trying to get me to do the thing? Yeah. Did? Oh, no. I was trying to get you to go, hey, Ronnie. Oh. I don't know what you want. Hey, yeah. What? Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. I don't want so much higher on this. Did these three episodes of everything? God damn it, sucks. For <laughs> you. It's like you're not even trying to mess it up anymore. I know. Andy. I know. You're, you're, I am you're really, trying. You're I keep getting boxed in. <laughs> you can say literally any word. You can't, though. It's got to be like, it's got to be something that makes the sentence longer. I know. I but know. isn't like, I can't just be like, koala. Like You're, you're the only one playing this game, Andy. You're I the know. Only, you're the only. You guys aren't even participating. <laughs> I'm carrying this whole show on my back. Um, this show rules. This show is so good. It's making me feel things more than just like, and also it happens to be good at the same time. Um, it's very real, very lived in, continues to to just rock on so many levels. The show rules. Right. I yeah. agree. 
is 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 everyone catching like super relatability stuff? Yeah, yeah. To, about some things more than others, but every every few minutes, I'm just like, oof, yeah, right yeah. in the relatable bone. None of these characters are quite my high school experience. Like, I can't point to one and be like, oh, that was me. But yeah. definitely, like, high school theater kid shit is always going to hit for me mm-hmm. if it's done well. And uh, young queer discovery is always mm. going to hit, even if it's not similar to going, my story. So going to the proto internet to take a am I gay test. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> if you had told me that the character I was most in- emotionally invested in would be a single older heterosexual white man who's the principal of a school and is very emotionally needy i'd be like fuck that that sounds awful but i love this man this good good man who is very good i don't know where ken mesner ends and where ronnie begins anymore (laughs) i haven't been able to to find that that dividing line uh probably Um, Using Italian words at the crouton factory, as I hope. Yes, I don't do ends. that. I would. Yeah. That is, I guess, like the the boring Oregon Olive Garden, and I won't even go to the Olive Garden. So that that mm. that is, I guess, I have a, another. Then again, my daughter is not in high school yet, so I've got some time. I'll get there. You know what they did with You've got him? Got plenty of time for your taste to decline. Yes. What they did with him that was super important What's was that? in episode one they showed him, uh pretty matter of factly like being rejected and being given boundaries and then him like very vocally accepting that rejection and like reaffirming those boundaries even though they weren't things he wanted mm-hmm. and that made his kind of emotional neediness in these episodes with Luke's mom not feel creepy yep like him calling and just listening to the voicemail and stuff like that a lot of his behavior could have been creepy and none of it felt that way. Right. And that was super great writing and acting. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's a very good dude, even though he's, yeah. uh, they, they, they walked this, this razor's edge of making him, uh, like cringy and annoying and like a laughing stock and making him, uh, like, sincere and awkward and relatable and like they 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 really managed to to stay on the sincere awkward relatable Mm -hmm. edge of that just it it was it would have been so so easy to make this character absolutely terrible but uh i also love him i don't find him as relatable as you two do i think but i also like him a lot as a character i just want to stress that i did not say i found him relatable i'm yeah, very no, that cool is, yeah I, I am i did i did find him relatable and draw your own conclusions um, i just love him i just love him so much i wonder if i love him because ronnie finds him relatable i don't know i really love ronnie um there's but a I moment love this in, man there's there's many moments there's there's one moment in the um in the scene of the parent teacher conference with uh, Luke's mom, Sherry, where she begins to cry and he immediately leaps to his feet. And whether it's because it's the era of COVID or because I'm used to creepy dudes, it's just like, 
him getting close to her closer to her i was like ooh don't um but instead of like being a very 90s thing where he would like put his hands on her shoulder or like like touch her in some way he just like moves to a closer chair and gives her a box of tissues like he's just like like that would have like it's it's just very well done like that that seems like a simple thing but like i was all gearing up for him to like this is where his creepy comes out and he's like no no just this is what you need so like you know i'm just here if you need me and then this is more of a relatability thing he like is joking with sherry about her job and um this is just like it is my entire thing like hi i joke around with people as flirting and immediately get worried that i've taken it too far he's just like oh uh, uh, i'm sorry was that I didn't mean oh, like, the like, peanuts joke. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah, just yeah, says yeah. Something about like, oh, all I do is like have people put their trays up. And he's like, you also have them give peanuts, get peanuts. And he's like, I'm sorry, that was that was rude. I shouldn't have. It's like that is so 100 <laughs> percent like I've got a great sense of humor. But when I use it, I apologize immediately. Um, uh, I loved just him moving around the office. Uh, it. It's the most confident we've ever seen him. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, bam, bowl of candy, like, bam, like, yep. here's this tissue box, you need it. And it, um, I don't know, it, it's a different sort of energy that we've seen from him. Mm-hmm. And he, he's, he very timidly, like, kind of asks her out. But, like, seeing him move in that space, it just, like... I don't know. It made me miss being a youth pastor a little bit and like having my <laughs> office and like sure. just this kind of awkward dude. But like he's in he's feeling confident and in control here. And it's kind of the only time we've seen him like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have in my notes early in episode three that um, the parallels between Luke and Mr. Messner really not knowing at all how to date. Um, those parallels were very strong, um, but we see kind of the, they, they veer apart a little bit, but there is just so much still to uh, just males trying to figure it out in this world that uh, they don't really feel like it's cut out for them. Who the fuck drinks milk with Chinese food? Oofa doofa. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, that uh, that uh, uh, made me make a face a little bit. Uh, well, thing- dinner is a thing that old people do. And I mean, this, you know, this guy would have been even older at this point. But my mom, she used to have milk at every dinner and it, it just gave me the heebie jeebies. Um, I, what I did love about that scene, though, was the two young people getting very overdressed for yes. a date that they're having <laughs> at their own house. It's very good. Yes. That was I very saw, good. I, Luke yeah. walks in in like a shirt and tie to Ken Mesner dressed in like a open uh, button down with like a it was like a Steely Dan T-shirt or, or Bob Seger or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And and I'm like, oh, this is this is so first date meeting parents in high school. And then Kate walks downstairs in a literal evening gown. Yeah. With like her hair in like a scrunchie also because mm-hmm. she did it herself, you know. Very cute. Um, I mean, it's, very, very are, wholesome. Are we doing positives? I mean, yeah. we've just been doing oh, positives okay. this whole time. Yeah. There were there were two relationships that developed that I did not expect, and I really liked. Yes. One of them was Oliver and the awkward but not pretentious friend. Yes, Tyler. Tyler. Oliver and Tyler, great. Love that energy. Um, 
Oliver just being a pretentious, like, actor and, like, asking about uh, fucking, like, Luke's director style and, like, if <laughs> Tyler has, like, worked with him before and, like, who's your uh, actor inspiration and then, like, kind of, like, being nice to Tyler as he auditions for the movie. Like, all that stuff was just great. Love that. Did not expect it. Didn't see it mm-hmm. coming. And then, um, I'm so bad at character names. Shit, I forgot everyone's names. Uh, little, little, little queer and evil uh, theater Kate, girl. Kate and Emmeline. Kate and Emmeline. Um, I kind of felt like Emmeline was being sincere in taking Kate shopping for costuming and stuff. I and think she was too. I think she was still treating Kate as kind of like her lesser. Sure. You know, she was treating Kate as like, uh, you know, this this young kid who I'm helping by getting her in a wardrobe that's not embarrassing. You know, but bit, she yeah. wasn't doing it like she she was less far less malicious than she has been to this point. Like she had it was kind of a moment of like you know, I, I genuine humanity. This. I will say this though, I would have I would have paid very, very good money, good Chuck E. Cheese money that I had as a freshman in high school if I uh, could have had one on one time with a junior in the theater club that I was crushing. I, that any attention would have been spectacular. So, but yeah, she was like nice in the changing room and like complimented her and like told her that like she's got looks and you know like like. There were there were moments where she was kind of like a little abrasive, I, but there were also some genuinely nice moments there. And I, I want to see more the, of that friendship. I definitely think the show is trying to and I don't know if they're doing a great job or maybe there there's a bit of queer baiting here. It definitely seems like Eveline is Emmeline is also queer. Um, I got the, on, the edge or I got the sense that she was being kind of edgy about it. My vibe is that uh, we're kind of perceiving Emmeline's actions through the lens of Kate, who obviously has a huge crush on her. So I think that's fair. Kate is uh, definitely like reading a little bit. Like, I think Emmeline never actually she's the one who uh, like accused Kate of being a lesbian and, like, started all of this whole, like, rumor mill thing a few episodes ago. But I don't think Kate, or I don't think Emmeline actually believes that Kate's a lesbian. I She was just, like, kind of being cruel in the way that, like, kids are. So I don't think, or I don't think Emmeline has her guard up at all about, yeah. uh, like, just sort of, like, being casually partly undressed around Kate. Or, you know, like complimenting her looks uh so but it's clear that kate is like desperate for this to be something other than just uh sort of like casual friendship when i mentioned emmeline being kind of like edgy about stuff uh i was referring to the spin the bottle moment yes where i mean that that is where i'm that that in earlier scenes are where i'm pulling most of my uh my Emmeline may be queer uh, theorizing from. Mm-hmm. I think it's entirely possible that she, the show is going there uh, and it would be cool if it did, but I got the vibe from that moment that um, 
she knows that it's taboo and once you know to her it would be like smoking cigarettes like we should mention kate spins the bottle it lands on emmeline emmeline is like let's do it and everyone else is like gross no two girls respin and she's like if it's two girls yeah uh, I agree um, with that interpretation also. I, I don't think uh, Emmeline would consider herself queer or has any, uh, like, I mean, this is even before people were using the word queer in this context, like, in the mainstream. But, um, like, I, I don't think that Emmeline has any, like, extant attraction to Kate, at least not like on a conscious level that she's aware of. So I, I agree. I think she was just like being cool and edgy and a thespian, you know, I still ship it. Um, and I don't know if that's, if what that says about me, but I, but I do, um, speak, let's, 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 uh, let's pull back the curtain real quick on a little bit of more of this relatability stuff. Um, uh, you know, you, you, you've maybe heard me hint at it a little bit, um, you know, with uh, me trying to figure out my sexuality as, as an almost 30 year old man. Um, something that I have always known and was reminded on this episode is that my sexuality will always be being forced to wear makeup by aggressive women. Um, that is, I don't, I don't know what that says about me, but that's, that is a thing that dates back to as early as I can remember. Uh, so that's, that's a thing. I just, I, I watched that scene and said, uh-oh, 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 uh, lots of latent childhood emotion there. That is the situation that I didn't not put myself in many times as a youth. I um, got a leading part freshman year. In the fall play, I was the only freshman to get a leading part in the fall play. Me too. Uh, what was it, your play? Uh, it was a like series of one acts, uh, and sure. I had two leading roles in these one acts. I was in Words, 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 and uh, the Lottery. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I got Dark, to. I, I got to stone a bitch. Uh, but um, I did not know boys wore makeup in theater mm. and I kept talking about how like you have to arrive at this time to get your makeup done. If you have a lead role, you got to arrive like at this time. And I just thought that was for the girls. Uh, so I showed up super late opening night because I did not know that I needed to wear makeup and no one had explained that to you me. You didn't do that in dress rehearsal. No, we never wore makeup in dress rehearsal. Oh, no, we that's, did. That's neither. We did the, the whole thing. Like we would, we would get into costume and get into makeup for like the last several rehearsals so that we could practice like doing the whole thing. And if we had to do costume changes and stuff like that, that's wild um, to hear my but, not, no theater program I was ever a part of was ever organized and ready to do costumes and makeup even on dress rehearsal. Uh, so they, uh, the main like makeup people were busy. And so they were like, Oh, uh, so-and-so like, you want to be a cosmetologist quickly, like do Andy's stage makeup. And so I got like glamor makeup. I did not get like stage makeup and I walk backstage and I'm super embarrassed. And Sarah, who was the hot girl on the tech team, gives me an up down look and goes, wow, you look like a prissy bitch. 
And uh, that definitely awoken something in me. I was like, yeah, be, be mean to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, uh, arriving late to get makeup on would not have been my my situation. I was I was even if it was only for the boys, I would have been like, oh, oh, well, I'll, I'll go hang out in the girls room and get also get makeup. On. It's buck that wild that we had co-ed changing rooms in high school yeah, for the theater wild. department. Yeah bonkers we did, we did not, not have that. i did not have that that no. was definitely like a budget thing i bet i bet they were yeah. like oh well we can get the new sports equipment so like y'all just have one changing room by high school it was very much like you just get changed where there's room to get changed it wasn't like oh there's a yeah. boys in a girl's room it was just like there's a boys there's a girls but like y'all are adults just take your pants off where you need to take your pants off Theater cl- club was so horny. We had a, a bed, oh, yeah. a bed as part of the set for Greece, and like <laughs> mistake, <laughs> mistake. San- Sandy's bedroom set was a mistake. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yes. Uh, 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 again, does, don't know what it says about me, but that's there's 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 lots of lots of. We no, relatable, relatable content. Yes, content. It, was, yes. it was super relatable. I was like, Ugh. it just so happens that also I, you know, she is she is definitely older in this. She is not one of the teens, Emmeline. She is mm-hmm. a grown adult uh, playing a teen in this, which still, again, with your your super, you're not your super, your your Smallville, um, you know, is this is she, fine? Is she thirty things. Um, I don't think she's, she's 30. 30. I, I don't think she's very old. Like, if she's not a teenager, she's definitely in her early 20s. I, th- I feel like the actress is probably like 19, 20. She, she's, I think she was in her 20s when she, when she was, either way, um, being in Luke's shoes was, uh, you, y'all, y'all need to stop me when I go, when I go this horny. <laughs> Just pull it back. I don't need, I don't need to keep talking about this. Pull me back. Pull me back. <laughs> Beat me up. The the whole uh the whole scene, the like we must make peace with the the drama kids scene was quite good. The the yes. proposing the movie thing, um also like the smoking and sh- and drinking shitty beer. The and- Zima, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ahead of their time though, because if you put just like a spike seltzer in front of teens today, they would make you their queen. They would they would absolutely exalt you. Um yeah, it uh it did perturb me a little bit, like how quickly the the drama kids seemed to like change their whole perspective on the A V kids. But um That was entirely I, Oliver. It it was, and also like high school is like that. Everyone is mm-hmm. so like nobody knows what their deal is or like what they care about or what their priorities are in high school. Nobody knows who they like or dislike really deep down. You need one person to say we like them and then you're on board. Yeah. 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 So, um, it, it did not bother me as time went on. I'm, I'm used to grown up shows where they have to over explain either, either they over explain to you everyone's motivation for everything uh, because it has to be, you know, instigated by a fucking murder or uh, <laughs> a betrayal or something like that. Um, or they don't explain character motivations at all. So uh, this it, it struck me as weird at first, but uh, the longer we sort of like lived in this world, the more it just felt like, no, that is actually how high school was, though, like 
friends became enemies, enemies became friends in, in a matter of like 10 minutes all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, that, the, the scene that we're, we're constantly talking about here, the scene where they kind of like forge an alliance, it just like, it brings into such clear focus how much better it is that the drama club are the villains instead of like jockey dudes. Mm-hmm. We talked, Evan, I think you talked about that last time, like by the nature of them being theatrical and, and drama kids and having to go to auditions, which like I'll get punched in the throat by anyone who still does performance for their career. I miss auditions so much. I, I, I want to audition for something uh, again someday. Um, but it really like all of those things having to be theatrical, being going to auditions, it means that they have to be vulnerable. They have to have like this air of just like, yeah, I'm king shit in this room. But like other than that, like I, I'm still figuring stuff out, too, which you just don't get when it comes to the like hyper machismo of of the jock villain. Um, it's just so much better. Um, Oliver's whole like speech about I'm going to drop out of school and move to New York and, and shit was just very good too. like, mm-hmm. how many mm-hmm. times did you hear like the upperclassmen in the theater department talk about shit like that? No, of course they're never yeah. going to do it, but like, right. They'll say they're going to do it and you'll say that they're cool for saying that they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Go ahead. Someone, someone. Can... I was trying to think of a negative. I don't know if I have any I real negatives. Any. I don't have I don't jack have shit any. to say negative. No. The like, what what struck me? It's the cheesiest thing because, as we said, this scene takes place like one calendar day after Luke's like, "I'm not gonna fall in love with you. Don't worry. I'll be your, I'll be your secret, your your real life boyfriend, so no one knows you're a lesbian." And like he he like comes up with like a safe word to like say banana slug when they're falling in love when he starts falling in love and he whispers it through his lips after he hears kate play uh elton john's rocket man on the piano um it's cheesy but it's just like whether it's the romantic relationships the friendly relationships like the power of emotion that is happening between all of these actors is a credit to a all of these child actors are just rocking it. Um, I know we we didn't really get any further on um, the other nerd friend. Uh, he still seems kind of one dimensional, um, but he wasn't really in it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, the the writers of this show, the directors of this show, not only are writing like good material, but they respect the weight of being a teen, especially in this era. But in any era, a lot of it is timeless. Like. It is it is, you know, so easy for all these shows to be like, you're just a teenager. What do you like these writers? Really understand what it is like to be a teen at this time and how like sometimes just it's just utter nonsense, but it is always dripping with this emotion. And, and it just everyone as on a part of the show is nailing it. I think the only thing I didn't totally like was uh like. Some of the dialogue between Sherry and Ken. Um, Some of their, like, flirting dialogue. I know it was, like, meant to be, like, kind of awkward and uncool. And they kind of Mm -hmm. bond because they're awkward and uncool. Um, Like, 
some of it just didn't feel natural to me. Uh, like some of it didn't, it didn't quite feel like, uh, they were like clicking with each other right at the beginning. And then like some of the dialogue, uh, over their like dinner at the crouton factory felt a little bit like awkward. Um, this is like, this is an extremely tiny complaint though, because clearly like they're meant to be, you know, kind of awkward by design in a relatable way. I just found them slightly awkward in a not necessarily relatable way in a, in a uncharismatic way in those two instances. But again, this is very, very small, very small complaint. Well, this, it's, it's also coming from someone who is, is as we have heard, has been in a five-year relationship with uh, Charm charm Your Pants Off Andy over there, uh, who has never had an awkward moment in a date. Uh, no, I have life. had awkward moments in dates, but I always turn them into charming moments. Sure. <laughs> it's uh, real, really spinning straw into gold over there. I Again, I will say, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not like hot shit i just had a leg up at liberty university like sure i said i never watched porn in high school also by the way i had a listener uh message me and be like you're lying you have definitely watched you definitely watched porn in high school no fuck you i didn't i was chased (laughs) i didn't watch porn in high school not like uh, well first of all i was raised catholic and all catholics i I read very weird hang-ups about sex um, and second, we didn't have internet at my house, so where was I supposed to watch porn? I read smutty fanfiction on the family computer in the computer room. Thank you. I did do that. Yeah. I did do that. Um, although I had then to do I it deleted at, the history. I had to do it at my mom's house because my mom had a computer and I was only there on Wednesdays. So I could read smutty fanfiction, uh, late at night after my mom went to bed on Wednesdays. That was it. Anyway, tangent and over. I- Oh no! You yeah, and I, I have already fulfilled. I've already fulfilled my my horny quota, so I, I, yeah. I'm going to pass over this. I will say, uh, Luke's dad is giving me some like Holden Claudefield energy, and I fucking hate the Catcher in the Rye. And I, any character that reminds me of Holden Claudefield, I immediately distrust. I don't trust that man. Oh, the guy in the videos. Yeah, yeah. who's like always smoking cigarettes and being like, "Let me tell you about society." And the man, and I'm like, look, the first video you were kind of charming, talking about how much you loved your son and your sweet boy, but now I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess there's a reason that him and uh, Sherry are divorced. Yeah. So, are they divorced? I thought he was dead. Oh, I don't. No, I think he's divorced. No, oh, Luke, was Luke saying said he was a deadbeat. Dead yeah, okay. deadbeat yeah. his dad was. Yeah, so. I don't Kate's, trust this Kate's man. Kate's mom is dead. Yeah, the only other thing I had is that the news anchor redhead girl did the final monologue of Our Town for uh, the movie audition, and I am here for it. Oh, all the additions were great. Yeah. Even um, the one kid, the curly-haired kid, what's his name? Tyler. Tyler. Uh, even him reciting the, like, Pepto-Bismol commercial he had memorized. Oh, that no, eczema cream. He can't, <laughs> he doesn't like read well i think he's implied to have like dyslexia or something like that uh so for his audition instead of like reading a scene he memorized uh a tv commercial and uh it it was like i found it to be really charming like i find him to be a little bit annoying in general but i don't mean that in a bad way he's annoying in exactly the sort of way 
that a a 13-year-old awkward kid is annoying. Um, but like he really did a good job delivering that eczema cream commercial. <laughs> so that was it, it was that was also a very good scene. Everything in this show is good. <laughs> it's good. It's just so good. And I've had so many people reach out being like, I, t- I knew you would get here. I knew you would think it's good. And it's like, why didn't you okay. tell us? Yeah. Why you should you tell us this three years ago? Communicate us while on the, the show internet. Like came out in 2018, but come on. Yeah. Yeah. It, like if, if you are sitting on an excellent one season show that you're like, oh, maybe uh, Andy Evan and Ronnie would want to do this one. Please, please tell us. We yeah. are like scrounging for these. Yeah, fuck you, We're Val. We've been forced We're to watch. <laughs> Don't do that. You, our mortal enemy, Val. You should have told us to do this show. Don't. We cannot make Val our new Matt Mercer. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. No, I love you, Val. Val, you're still fucking cool. Um. Um. Yeah, we're forced to watch terrible shows. We're out here doing Young Hercules, and you, you're sitting on these. Someday we'll go back to Young Hercules, and it's going to be a dark day. We're just going to have to watch all the rest of Young Hercules and then cover it in one episode. It'll be like a super long episode. Yeah. We'll torture ourselves (laughs) so that you don't have to be tortured. Everyone should say something nice about Valtrone. Because now I just, I feel guilty. I feel so guilty that I, I got heated with Val. Why don't you use, why don't we get to the end of the episode and then as, as, as the Andy apology. Is this not the end of the episode? Well, we'll get there. I okay. mean, as, as your we'll sign meander. off, you can, you can apologize to Val Patron. Um, um, you can find us on Twitter and send us your uh, best shows uh, at Pending Pod. Follow us on Facebook at Pending Pod. Follow us on Instagram at Ending Pending. Send us an email, PendingPod at gmail.com. We are, I'll say it, we're officially a part of the uh, Where They May Radio Collective. Uh, and you can uh, you can find more on the Patreon uh, art to be to be coming soon um, at uh, patreon.com slash WTM radio. We invented that. That's us. We didn't join a yeah. group this time. No, nope, we just made our ours. Own, we made our own clubhouse. <laughs> this this clubhouse isn't going to embezzle us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can I allegedly? Uh, can Allegedly. I just say that uh, Force Friends Rewatch has a doozy of an episode coming out and <gasps> y'all should listen Ugh. to it? Yes, I, I am very familiar with this episode. It's a very good episode. That'll be coming out uh, tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the day that this comes out, uh, that episode comes out tomorrow and it is so good. It's so good. Um, so, so exciting. Uh, check that out. Really, really boost those download numbers. Uh, and maybe we can let Force Friends Rewatch come into the Where They May Radio Treehouse. Oh, shucks. I hope they're so. already here. They, yeah. They're already here. They, they, they have their own private corner. Um, yeah. It's just uh, Ryan isolated because I can go back and forth. Right? <laughs> um, go ahead, Andy. Who do you want to apologize to I this episode? I want to apologize to Val Patron. I should not sure. have said, fuck you, Val. Uh, yeah. You're a rock star and a legend, and you are super good on Loser's Love Story, and people should listen to your content and follow you on Twitter, because you're very good. just the raddest. Val Patron can no. pull off both a middle and a side part. It is. It is remarkable. That is true. Not many people can do that. Yeah. They, they can rock with the superpower. millennials, rock with the Gen Zers. I am pretty sure Val Patron made some sort of uh, unholy bargain with a dark fae 
entity for uh, remarkable selfie powers. Val takes good selfies. That's that is fair. That is fair yeah. and valid and true. Oh, by the way, another Patreon plug. Uh, if you would like Andy to apologize to you, that's a tier on our Patreon. <laughs> I really didn't sign off on this, but I guess this is just a thing now. Yeah, if you pay us money on Patreon, Andy has to apologize to you by name at the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, Which, like, and, like, a lot of people will say, like, oh, what for? Like, don't just... Andy has done something to, to <laughs> offend you. I am if you want to sure specify what I've done to offend you within reason, I might I might apologize yeah. to you for it. Yeah, we don't we don't need anyone clipping clips and saying like, "Look what Andy did to me." They admitted it. Uh, um, I, I I do worry that this is like this apology thing is going to awaken some sort of weird apology kink in me. <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to my therapist about this. You committed oh now. Goodness. It's it's on the Patreon. Patreon. Although Val Patron got that one for free. Yeah, Val got that no, for yeah. free. They, they, they deserve it. Um, Patreon.com slash WTM radio. Uh, uh, and as always. Uh, tell us about your good shows. You've tell just us been about sitting on everything shows. sucks. You know what? I'm mad at you again, Val. You were just sitting on everything sucks. You should have told us about this it. This is it. As the editor, I am deciding we are done before you offend Val again. I'm not going to offend Val again.